Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source Podcast. I'm your host, Jace. Happy holidays. This is a 12 Days of the Comic Source episode, and I'm glad to have one of my favorite creators, someone I consider a friend, someone it's been far too long since he's been on the show, Todd Nock. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks, Jace. Good to see you. Good to hang out with you. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's my pleasure. Uh, you're back on Interiors with uh, Stargirl. Uh, you've been doing a lot of cover work lately, and I definitely want to touch on that and a couple of other things. But before we get to that, there is something I want to give a shout out to both you and a former collaborator. Uh, for those that haven't heard, I've been putting it out there on social media. Uh, Todd's Young Justice collaborator, writer, Peter David, is undergoing some health issues right now could use some help with medical bills. We all know that comic creators don't exactly have the best benefits package in the world. I did see Todd, where you put up an amazing uh, sketch cover on eBay on a, a young justice blank screen that yeah. did very, very well. Uh, so I want to give a shout out for that. I'm going to put a link to Peter's GoFundMe in the show notes. Have you had a chance to talk to Peter? Do you know how he's doing? Uh, and are you going to do any more uh, of those sketch covers in case somebody um, missed that for chance on that first one? Right, right, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I've I've been uh, te uh, texting with his wife, Kathleen. I didn't really want to kind of going through Kathleen first because I know Peter's you know recovering, so right, I didn't. Right. I'm sure you know there are a lot of people that want to chat with him. So we've just kind of my wife and I uh, because we're friends with Peter and Kathleen for so many years. Uh, we just wanted to let them know that we're thinking of them, we're praying for them, and we're doing what we can to help. You know. Uh, with with Peter's GoFundMe, I mean, th th there's some big medical bills, and then just the care for recovering from uh, these these series of strokes, the kidney failure, the the uh, cardiac arrest. You know, that's that's going to take a toll on the body. So uh, that's going to take some. You know, he's going to need some help there. So the the the, the eBay auction was amazing. Uh, very generous bidders. Uh, uh, we're just waiting for the funds to clear here from the eBay auction so that I can add it to the GoFundMe. But uh, it was. Uh, uh, over $2,000. Yeah. So, uh, you know, anyone who's able to even make any sort of, you know, $10, $20 donation, those add up real fast. If Peter's fan base shows up to, to, to do that, it, it'll really help them out in a huge way. If people could just give anything they can afford, uh, it'll really be a, uh, just a real blessing to the, to the David family. And we, yeah. and our thanks to everyone who's donated so far. It's been amazing. They have over, uh, 15, uh, 1500 donation, do donators so far. So, uh, that, that's, that's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I myself again donated right away. You mentioned all, all Peter's fans. I mean, if I think about, you know, the hours and hours of entertainment this man has brought to my life, you know, especially on that Hulk run, it's like the, you know, the least that we all can do. And, and I get it. Like times are tough and not everybody can afford to, but if you can, like, uh, like Todd said, you know, f even five or $10, it, it, it adds yeah. up, uh, because it, like he said, it's not just the initial bills, but like Peter's not going to be able to work and write anything for a while while he's focusing on his recovery. And that's what we want him doing. We want him focusing on getting better. So anything you can give to help. And again, there, there'll be a link to the, uh, GoFundMe in the show notes, everybody. So, uh, so go click there and donate if you can. So yeah, uh, as I mentioned, you're, uh, you're back on interiors with Stargirl, uh, the Lost Crusade. There had been a one shot, I guess, God, it's been over a year now that there was the one yeah. shot for Stargirl. So it's kind of been a long time coming. Um, I guess it was just lining everything up with timing with DC and with uh, probably Jeff's, uh, Jeff Johns, the writer's schedule and other series that needed to come out first. Um, but what are your feelings on uh, on being back on interiors and, and kind of young heroes, which is kind of your wheelhouse? <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, it's it's really fun to be uh, working with DC again. I've been doing lots of stuff for Marvel. I did the Gwen Stacy uh, miniseries that just got released last uh, this uh, past summer as the the a, a giant size Gwen Stacy because that book got put on hold when the pandemic hit, and we only got two issues out until um, because everything was put on pause, and they finally just released it all as one big thing. and And I've done some Spider Man minis and and X Men Legends uh, two part written by Peter David. Our latest work together is. X-Men Legends 5 and 6 uh, from Volume 1, so check that out. Uh, classic 90s X-Factor story. But um, but yeah, being back at DC is so much fun. Um, back in late 2020, yeah, late 20, yeah, I, I, the, the pandemic has totally screwed up my perception of time. Everybody, everybody. Late 2020, Jeff uh, called me and said, hey, I'm thinking of doing a, a Stargirl one-shot. Would you be interested in drawing that? And it's like, yeah, I love Stargirl. Let's let's do this. So um, that was a spring break special. And j right when we started working on it, the editor reaches out to me and says, hey, what do you think about doing a mini series to follow this? I'm like, please, let's do that. And so, uh, so things in the one shot started were already Jeff is, uh, dropping in clues to what would be Stargirl, the lost children. And, uh, so now that we're into it, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, Still working on wrapping up issue five right now. Issue two comes out in a couple of weeks. People are loving issue one. It's 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 been so much fun. It's it's a book that's that um, it's giving me uh, Young Justice vibes. It feels like the fun I had when I was working with Peter on Young Justice uh, 20 plus years ago. Yeah, that's kind of the um, the vibe I'm getting as well. But it's so interesting because, again, this is something Jeff's been building to for a while with this new Golden Age and these 13 Golden Age characters that you guys are kind of retroactively, you know, putting back in the, into Golden Age history that a lot of them, you know, some of them have roots in D.C. Some of them are, are brand new. But that's got to be fun to, to be kind of going back and putting something in kind of the very fabric foundational uh, years of uh, DC. And then the other thing about star girls, it's she's such a personal character for Jeff, you know, based on his, uh, on his late sister. So um, how much did you know ahead of time when you came on that one shot and, and talking about the series, how much did you know about Jeff's big plans overall, that this was really going to be kind of a big story. That kind of unfolded um, after we had finished the, I mean, we knew we knew we were going to do the miniseries, but uh, so that's all I knew at the time. And then over the course of the coming months, the editors kind of clued me in on we're, we're going to make this a bigger golden age event and, and you know, just bringing back the just, uh, Justice Society. And we're just going to we're going to kick it off with a new golden age uh, one shot and. Um, so I'd already created these these new teen sidekicks uh, for the the miniseries. Then we got to do these lost who's who in the those DC awesome. universe uh, pages, which I love those books. I have them all. I been pouring through those for the past decades since I was a teenager. And um, so getting to do pages that have that 80s vibe was so much fun. But I'd already, uh, you know, co-created and designed these characters with Jeff. And it was a lot of fun to take whichever sidekick we're going to you know create we knew J Judy Garrick was going to be one because that was hinted at in the the spring break special that Judy Garrick exists so that had JSA fans flipping out like who Judy Garrick but wait yeah. uh, how is that possible and so uh so each character that would be a a sidekick or be a, a ward of a golden age character that we never knew actually had a sidekick and maybe some of them might not even know, have known uh they were uh they ha had had a sidekick because of this new villain we've created called the childminder what did this person do 
and and why are the these missing kids so being able to tap into that golden age and silver age uh sensibilities and create these new characters was a lot of fun yeah and so interesting um I feel like they made the the perfect choice and, you know, maybe not even realizing it at the time. Like you mentioned, when you did that spring break special, some of this stuff came after your style. There's a youthfulness to your style, first of all. So it suits younger characters and it's why you were such a perfect fit on Young Justice. But you get a little bit uh, not that your stuff seems dated at all, but you get a little bit of a a Silver Age vibe. At least I do when I look at your artwork and even a little bit of a Golden Age vibe, just the kind of the innocence of it, uh, of of the style and your line work is very clean. Um, What do you think it is about your style that that is so well suited to this? Is it just that love of 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 all eras of comics? Uh, What do you you know, what do you attribute that to? I, I think the latter there, the, the the love for all eras of comics definitely comes into play. Um, as I, I mean, as a kid in the 80s, I loved all the flashy artists of the time. So Arthur Adams, uh, Rick Leonardi, uh, Alan Davis, Walter Simonson, that's my Mount Rushmore of influences. Then comes Mark Silvestri and Todd McFarlane and Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee. And now we're moving into the early 90s. And all these people that excite me, then J. Scott Campbell and Umberto Ramos and Mike Ringo. And, and then further on up, it's just all these different artists that, that inspire me and, and excite me to want to, you know, do my art. But as I've gotten older, uh, as my tastes mature, looking back at, at, at the, the legends of like Alex Toth and, and Bernie Wrightson and, and John Byrne, uh, or looking at them again here with older eyes, uh, uh, you know, more matured eyes or d- different type of discerning eyes. Um, I'm, I'm noticing things in their work that that just blow me away. It's like I want to try that. I want to I want to try rendering uh, my shadows in this way or use use more cross hashing. So with the story, the Star Girl story, uh, not that I'm trying to mimic Bernie Wrightson, but I've been looking at a lot of his stuff because I wanted a little bit more of a grit to my to my mm-hmm. work. And you'll see that as we move further into the story, as the story starts to get creepier. And that's one thing I love about this series because it plays with that fun youthful character bounce that I've done on Young Justice and the type of stuff I've always enjoyed reading, New Mutants, Power Pack. Those are some of my favorite comic books when I was a kid back in the 80s. So I I kind of really enjoy those types of comics. Uh, And so having that kind of flavor and then it's like, let's smear a little bit of Bernie Wrightson on top of that. Not like I said, not that I'm trying to mimic him, but I'm being inspired by his line work. And how can I do a Todd Knox spin on that type of, of, of rendering has been a lot of fun and, and, and given me th- this like new toys to play with. Yeah. Well, I think as a, as a creator, whether you're a writer or an artist, you always want to keep evolving, keep pushing yourself, keep challenging yourself. You don't want to stagnate and you yeah. certainly don't want to, don't want to phone it in. Um, but I, I feel like the, the Todd Knox, the artist you are now is somebody who could handle that. And, you know, you talk about looking at these artist styles with a more discerning eye, it might have been, you know, you as a fan when you were first drawing and being inspired by these, you didn't necessarily have the experience or the the skills, the, the mm-hmm. you know, d- developed in order to do that. Um, and I know that at times you've done some uh, some YouTube videos where you've been showing people these kind of things. And they, they always say, you know, the best way to know that you've really mastered something is be able to teach it to others. So do you feel like those YouTube instructional videos and and kind of the questions that you get from people that watch it do you feel like it's made you a better artist it's helped with this evolution we're talking about um i think so and agree yeah to a degree yes uh it's, it's it gets me their questions get me thinking and it's like how do i how how do i approach that how do i uh 
ink or how what how do I structure my my figures when I'm penciling or create an expression? Uh, a lot of that is so because I've been doing it for so many years, it's autopilot, it's muscle memory. So I just jump in and go. But when I try to do my YouTube video, it's like I've got to break this down to and ex explain it to somebody who doesn't know this yet. And so that actually has challenged me as do it uh, as a, almost a teacher or a YouTuber is to how it, it's causing me <laughs> to think a lot about what it is I do and my approach to that. And that is and in that sense, it's gotten me more introspective of my work and has me kind of kind of di dissecting or reverse engineering what I'm doing because I'm having to think in a teacher sort of way, which is something I never thought I'd end up doing. Right. And I, and you and I have talked about it. Maybe we'll get to some, just doing a video where you just go over the art terms. I, I, you know, just based on where I am with comics press and whatnot, I talked to a lot of other comic reviewers and a lot of them, you know, they talk about maybe uh, artists don't get enough credit and it's because they don't want to come across I mean, everybody knows story, right? And you can read a story and you can say, I like this about the story. I don't like that. It's harder to critique art because a lot of times people don't have the vocabulary or they don't have mm -hmm. the knowledge. And so I think, you know, something worthwhile, like what does it mean cross -hatch hatching? You know, what does it mean when you talk about, you know, what, what a lot of people don't even know what it is to ink, you know, what, right. what, what, what it is to bring in the, the textures and, and that sort of thing. So um, again, everybody, I'll put a link to Todd's uh, YouTube channel in the show notes and, and go and check out those videos. They're, they're very informative and, and hopefully I know you're busy, but, uh, and, and don't do it as often as you, you were doing during the pandemic. But, uh, again, one of these days, uh, perhaps, but, uh, let's kind of marry these two things we're talking about here. These, um, and give maybe a little mini lesson, uh, suitable for your YouTube channel, perhaps, and talk a little bit about character design. You mentioned designing these characters and getting to do these awesome who's who, uh, who's who entries style entries. When you know you got to create this huge, you know, 13, 12, 13 characters for this new golden age, uh, daunting, like where, where do you start? Do you, do you start just thinking about what their mentors look like and building from that? Uh, you know, it, it's a big task just to design one character. You had a multitude of them. Um, so get, take us through that process. Yeah. Uh, well, it started with collaboration with Jeff. So Jeff had come up with, um, names, uh, for these characters. Their, most of their abilities and uh, some some defining characteristics for for some of these characters. Um, some were more open ended and some were, were more specific. So I take each write up and think, what can I bring to this? So definitely look up who is their mentor. Is it Dr. Fate? Is it Miss America? Is it uh, Mr. Terrific? Etc. And so I, I, I look into that and look up those characters look up that era. I think, who would this kid be back then? Um, uh, you know, is it, is it a male or a female character? And then I'm thinking of, so I start thinking of what would they be wearing? How would it, how would it um, complement their mentor? You know, looking at some of the established heroes and sidekicks of the era, like, uh, uh, Sandman and Sandy the Golden Boy. You know, there was like Sandman had his when he was wearing his superhero type uh, spandex costume. Sandy the Golden Boy had his pared down version of that, and and, and we see that reflected through so many uh, heroes and sidekicks of that era. So, kind of trying to get into that mentality. What are key points of the mentor, and what would I? How would I translate that to the younger kid? Usually, if the 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 mentor had a full cowl, the 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 sidekick had like a domino mask. You know, they did not have the full head protection. Like maybe they should have. This is a child for crying out loud. Maybe they need the headgear and not just a little mask that covers their eyes. 
and wh- I'm looking at you, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so, so these are some of the things I think about. And then also thinking uh, body shapes, body types. It's like I, I didn't want every character to be a strapping young person. It's like so I created uh, some characters that uh, had different, you know, maybe a little skinnier, maybe a little heavier, uh, different ethnicities. Um, as people might have seen uh, our one kid quiz kid, I thought, what if he was Indian or Pakistani? And so I, for him, I was like, let me look up those fashions. So he's got his his um, outfit. I, I don't know the name of it. I forgot the name of the, the kind of the sleeveless uh, jacket they wear with the slacks and the slippers. And then it's like, give him a mask. And then it's like, uh, Mr. Terrific has a fair play shield on his chest. Well, for this guy, he'll have a sash on because I see this kid is almost more like an ambassador. So he's got like the sash on and instead of fair play, his is play fair. And so I I would just kind of just play with these things and just tweak things in in the idea of my story. Jot down my notes, send that over to Jeff and and our editor, Andrew, and say, here's what I'm thinking. Here's, you know, how, how, you know, how I I sketch these these characters out. And, um, and, uh, you know, they, they would either weigh in. And usually it was like, they were good to go. It's like, yeah, love it. Let's go. Let's run with this and, and love that idea. And so it's really fun to get to to do that collaborative sense because, you know, working in my home studio is a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, we're collaborating over text and, and, and emails, but still getting that feedback from from Jeff and Andrew uh, made it even more fun than just me by myself sketching uh, up these ideas and just kind of sending them out to the office. Yeah. So that's really good advice um, to uh, uh, aspiring comic creators that are uh, having trouble designing use one particular word there we're talking about a visual here for these characters but use the word story what is the story you know in your mind that you have for these characters yeah they might not have their own comic stories yet but as the artist even though you're working visually you are creating a a story you know a backstory if you want to use that word for these characters of, of who they are they're they're living breathing characters in your mind before they're even on the page in a comic book story right yeah, yeah, it's like, what are the choices this character would make to put these clothes on? So whether it be John Henry Jr., it's like his dad wears jeans. Well, I'm going to give John Henry Jr. coveralls. I can see him wearing coveralls and work boots. Or um, or Molly Pitcher and, and um, Betty, Betsy Rost. Uh, it's like, I want something a little more, give a little bit more... Um, one I had to look up who Molly Pitcher was. I'd never heard of this American icon uh, from the, I believe, Revolutionary War. It's like, yeah. I never knew that. I did not learn this as a kid in, in history class. I think this one, this person was uh, overlooked in our tech, textbook. But kind of doing that sort of research of, okay, Jeff's tapping into historical characters. Let me find out who they are. How would this influence my thoughts of how this character would look um, in the 1930s, 40s, or 50s? Uh, so, uh yeah, so so definitely thinking what would the, what choices would this character make? Because they're each, I mean, if they're going to be an interesting character, they're going to be like you said, a living, breathing, in their world uh, person. So let's let them choose and 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 let's vary those choices from kid to kid. Yeah, and I can't wait to to learn more about them and see your dynamic artwork on these characters. Uh, Todd mentions second issues out pretty soon. That's going to be on uh, December 21st, so about a week probably or so, maybe a little less depending on when this gets uh, gets released. But it's definitely coming up soon. Uh, four issues, uh, mini, and um, again, I'm I'm really excited to to get a chance to see these characters. 
uh, I saw a lot of great fan reaction for the first issue. Was, was that your experience as well uh, on social media and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people came by to, to post a comment or send me a direct message or private message saying how much they enjoyed it, uh, how fun it was, how they can't wait for issue two. And um, and yeah, so so and just like the reviews have been been very positive as well from the comic review sites said that are really enjoying the story, really enjoying my art and uh, looking forward to finding out what happens next. And so it's like, if we leave people wanting to know what's next, then, then that, then we're doing the right, the right thing there. Cause uh, yeah, uh, we want exactly. people coming back each issue. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and in a way, a bit of a different reaction, not that people don't love your covers. You're kind of known um, for your, your headshot covers and, and you do <laughs> a, a ton of them. And it, in a, in a way, it's a challenge because much like you're creating a story in your own mind with these characters when you're designing them with a just a cover with just one image, you're still trying to tell a story. You're trying to evoke emotion and whatnot. You had the, the 90s Robin cover for the Tim Drake Robin, which is a throwback. Um, it's I think it, it's a little more challenging, isn't it, to, to try to tell a story, convey, you know, more than just the, the static image uh, on a cover. It can be. It can be. It depends on uh, some of the things that the editor might be looking for. Sometimes they give me a breakdown of what's happening in the story. Sometimes it's like, this is a variant cover. We want, uh, uh, here's a term uh, that people can learn is is called evergreen. We want an evergreen cover. And that's just kind of like, uh, it's it's uh, a non-specific uh uh, locale situation. It's like, it's that, that, that cool hero pose. But even then I want to try to tell a story. I want to have, I want to have, even if it's just a micro story, even if it's just a little something that, that, uh, gives me a reason to get excited to draw it. Right. It's like, why, what, what's going on? So like with the Robin cover, it's like, okay, they want something nineties. They want me to tap into my young justice era, Tim Drake. All right, let's, you know, I'll run with that. I mean, th- I, I, I drew that guy for for five years straight. So it's like I want some buildings. I want to put him on, you know, on top of some buildings and put him in a kind of a cool action pose. But I, the, even with a way we can uh, twist and turn the body, I have his head facing one direction, the body facing another direction, arms up, grabbing the cape. It's like he's about to do something. What is he? Is, is he? seeing that's going on that's going to make him leap into action. So even then I can start and it helps me to come up with a, a fun cover if I can start to think of a story. So when an editor gives me uh, a cover assignment, I try to start thinking of what is happening outside of this cover that's making this character do whatever I'm going to draw them doing, whether it's posing, looking, crouching, jumping, swinging, standing, what what more could that lead to? And and so I start to get into the the shoes of the character, and it gets it gives me the chance to act on the page. Yeah, they're uh, they're iconic, and I always can tell even if I haven't seen it ahead of time when I'm hitting that comic shop on Wednesday, I can always pick out the the Todd Knot covers. <laughs> so you have a Joe Fix It uh, headshot that's coming up. You also have uh, a Timeless Special that's coming up. Uh, a cover for the Timeless Special is coming up later this uh, this month. And yeah. the thing that struck me about that when I saw it, it's Miss Minutes, this this kind of anthropomorphic clock on the cover. And I don't know if you're aware of this, but one of the biggest mobile games in the world right now is Marvel Snap. Yes, I haven't seen the ads for that. Yeah. Well, there is a, a, a point in the game where Miss Minutes shows up once in a while, and I'm pretty sure it's your art. 
it's really? kind of animated and pops up. So hope you're getting your residuals from that, my man. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to start playing Snap and, and see so I can see uh, Miss Minutes there and check it out. Yeah. So uh, just real quick for listeners who may not be aware, the it's a kind of a, a collectible card game and it, you're supposed to have six turns. Uh, and every once in a while, Miss Mitch will show up and you only get four turns and she kind of like pops up on the screen and it's her face saying, hey, game's almost over. You only got uh, four turns instead of six. So as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's Todd's art. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, right on. So, so pretty cool. Uh, well, again, Todd, it's great catching up. Uh, I, I'm so excited. So happy that Stargirl uh, and the Lost Children is doing well. Uh, I mentioned uh, a few other things that you have coming up. Uh, anything else that you can tease? I know a lot of times things are under wraps, but um, any any more interiors coming um, next year? Any other series? Uh, right now, the focus is on uh, wrapping up uh, Stargirl. So that, that'll keep me busy into early 2023. I've got lots of covers coming, uh, both at Marvel and uh, DC, uh, especially at Marvel. Um, so um, that's about all I can say about that. I can't really say specifically what those covers are because right. um, like the brand new ones uh, that I've just gotten. Uh, but I'm always posting about where what you can buy me on or in, you know, whatever books I, I've done covers for or drawn the interiors of um, all my social media, which are all listed on toddknock.com. But if you search at toddknock on most any social media, you're going to find me. Yeah. And I'll put links to, uh, to Todd's Twitter as well. That's where I, I follow him and I see all these uh, amazing covers uh, as well. Uh, I hope in addition to covers that we do get more interiors uh, from you coming up uh, in the new year, because I know uh, what a great storyteller you are. Uh, and how much fun you have doing uh, interior. So as we're winding down here, I do have to ask, we're, we're in the holidays, uh, time with family and that sort of thing. Any any special Christmas traditions for uh, for the Knot clan? Anything that, that stands out that you guys do special or, or what it is that you love about the, the holidays? Yeah, let's see. I get to see, uh, you know, it's uh, pretty much the one time a year I get to see my folks, my sisters, uh, brothers-in-law, my nieces and nephews. And uh, when we all get together, it's a lot of uh, games, Cards, dominoes, exploding kittens, things like that. Um, watch a lot of football, watch a lot of NFL football games. And our big family tradition that we've been doing since I was a child, I think 1980 was the first year we did it, our new, our, our Christmas Eve smorgasbord, where we make, I'll make a bunch of uh, uh, finger food appetizer type stuff and uh, just gather around the fireplace and, um, and eat these eat food, you know, dips and, and little sandwiches and mini quesadillas or whatever, whatever it is we make. I'm always in charge of making the queso dip. I'm, I make a queso dip. I have to have it. It's like, whatever you want, you got to make it and, and bring it. So it's almost like our family potluck, uh, appetizer meal. And we call it the, the knock family smorgasbord. That's awesome. Uh, that's a great tradition. Cause here's the thing. You, you fill up everybody with a, a lot of great food, especially the kids and everybody has a really sound sleep and Santa doesn't wake anybody up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. I didn't realize that's what my parents were doing back then, but, uh, they were, they, they were, uh, pretty smart. Smart yeah, folks. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, that's a great tradition. So, uh, again, Todd, best to you and your family. Uh, happy holidays. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us on the comic source. Oh, uh, thank you, Jace. Same to you. And to all you listeners, uh, we'll wish you happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever it is you celebrate. Hope it's a joyous time as well. Thanks for spending a little bit of your holiday season with us, and we'll talk to you next time. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. 
but ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.